Welcome, everybody. This is Podcasting with a Purpose. I'm Richard. This is Margie. We own Weberized Podcast Production. Uh, a little bit about uh, Weberized. In its official capacity, it started about four years ago, a little over four years ago. Initially started off as digital media services. We branched off into podcast production about three years ago. The Weberized in itself, the name, has been percolating in her head for about 15 years. Tell them a little bit about that. Uh, well, the backstory is comes from the newsroom. Uh, when I started working in news, it was right as like, you know, online, putting your st- news stories online was coming about. And so I was working on the assignment desk and part of our duties at the end of the evening was making sure everyone Weberized their on-air stories. So like making them complete sentences and adding the video and things like that. So that's where the term came from because I had to chase people down and be like, did you Weberize yet? And that was the birth of where we are now. <laughs> but to get started, we're going to make a podcast right now. You can see all this stuff we've got up here. The very first tip we're going to give you is make sure you hit record. And I did that about 10 minutes ago. Good job. Yeah. Most importantly, hit record. Yes. You'll thank me later. Trust me. So <laughs> what is a podcast? I, we went straight to the dictionary. Merriam-Webster Dictionary says a program as a music or talk made available in digital format for automatic download over the internet. That's a very textbook definition, but it's so many more things. So I've put up here, like you can do networking with a podcast. We saw that during the pandemic as a really useful tool to get to know other people. Influencer marketing, again, same sort of concept. Content marketing, you make your podcast and you can repurpose it in so many other ways. SEO, uh, with your show notes and various episode titles, you can utilize that for SEO purposes. Plus, it's another directory that you can be found in. And then a social media marketing, so distributing, distributing your podcast on all the different social media platforms. Making the case to your boss about why your company or your client should be doing a podcast. I've got some data to throw at you. So this first one is from one of my favorite sources of information about the state of podcasting industry. It's called Edison Research. Um, And they do an annual survey called Infinite Dial. So this is from 2022s. 73% of the U.S. population that's 12 and older have listened to online audio in the last month. And that's up from 68% last year. And it's been going up year over year. And the pandemic also, like you can see, that's with pandemic uh, timeline in there. Pandemic did not slow that down at all. No. Matter of fact, it probably increased it. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk branding. So I've uh, linked to an article here from Chartable. They measure podcasts and they've got some success stories from like Trader Joe's. Duolingo has a great podcast that tops their charts. And I think someone else, Charles Schwab. So just some case studies if you want to share those with your boss and how they're successfully doing podcasting. Now let's talk advertising. So so return on investment, again, making the case to your boss. He's going to ask, what's the ROI? Well, it's more than the downloads, but that's a good number to look at. Like you always feel good when they're up there, right? But it's more than that. It's a culmination of all the streams of data that you're using for your marketing. So it's your website traffic, your social media engagement, and then big picture. Are you getting more sales? Are you getting more clients? Let's talk tech. We got the green light from the boss. Now, Richard. The boss? I know who the boss is. It isn't me. Oh, okay. From our boss. Um, what tech do, you, do we need to get going with a podcast? 
technically. Especially like if you're doing influencer marketing or things like that. Podcast advertising, particularly when the host reads your copy, drives a stronger brand recall punch than traditional forms of advertisement. And that's from Nielsen, who we all know measured TV and now is breaking into other ways of measuring. And then lastly, revenue. U.S. podcast advertising revenues rose to $1.4 billion in 2021. And that's according to the Interactive Advertising Bureau. You don't really need much to start a podcast. A lot of people think that it's expensive and there's a huge learning curve involved. It's not. What you, all you really need is your phone and, a, and earbuds. If you really want to make a podcast, you could just use that to do so. Now, there are other things that you can use as well if you want to upgrade a little bit. So we're talking, we're talking uh, computers. We're talking USB mics. We're talking uh, XLR mics. There's a difference. So USB mics are ones that you can actually connect directly into a computer. XLR mics are ones that you would connect to an audio interface of some sort. And then there are recorders, a recorder that we use. This is a smaller version. It's a Zoom, it's a uh, it's an H1N Zoom recorder. And this is something that you can use handy that we use that, that we like to use out in the field. Or we have a larger recorder. This is a recorder slash audio interface, audio mixer. So it's it's a Rode Procaster. I can uh, connect our XLR mics and ones that we're using here directly into here and record from the same device. This thing's amazing. Now, of course, it all depends on your budget. You'll find that uh, the the XLR audio mix uh, audio mixer uh, uh, sequences that's going to be a little bit more expensive. Now, of course, you can buy USB mics, and those are, those can usually run about one hundred to two hundred dollars. Sound treatment. So sound treatment. So that's going to be the, yeah, the room that you're going to record in. That's going to be very important in how you set it up. You want to avoid large rooms like this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this isn't too bad. There is an echo, and but it's not awful because there is some type of sound treatment on those back walls to prevent echo from moving around a whole lot. But when you're in a smaller room, you want, you want to have something on your walls. It doesn't have to be a whole lot. You could, you could use expensive sound treatment or you can just put pictures up. Bookcase, curtains. anything, curtains, anything, blankets. But you want to reduce the, the sound the way that it's traveling. You want to make sure that it's not bouncing off the walls and creating an echo. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's authentic. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Stands. Stands and arms. So we have these table stands, but some people like the broadcast arms. So really, I think it comes down to what you're going to be comfortable with in budget. Right. And then we have cords. Yeah, of course, yeah, those are going to be either USB cords or XLR cords. These are three-prong XLR cords that we have on our mics. And then, of course, you have just regular USB cords that you'll connect from your mic into your computer. Some tips for getting the best sound. We have, well, I, I don't know if you can tell, we're pretty loose in how we do things. We don't have a lot of rules. I mean, people like best practices, right? And so the only rule that we technically have is wear headphones. Always wear headphones. If you're doing Zoom, if you're doing recording locally, wear headphones because you can monitor the sound as you're capturing it. So if you hear, like say a battery is dying here, don't want to jinx it, but say a battery <laughs> is dying and it creates a buzz in your sound, you won't know that. You'll see you're getting levels on your displays here, but you won't know there's a buzz unless you're wearing headphones. And at the very least, uh, earbuds, like Richard mentioned. Uh, location, we kind of talked about surround yourself with sound-absorbing surfaces, curtains, carpets, bookcases. Uh, mic technique. Mic technique. You always want to talk into your mic about a fistful away. 
a fist, a fist away from your mouth to the mic. You will get better quality sound. You will get less uh, air coming out of your mouth, to that, which they call plosives. Puh. Those are things you want to avoid. And, and heavy breathing as well. So if you keep back from the mic about a fistful, you're going to reduce the mouth sounds that, that, that you'll get on those recordings. If you're interviewing someone, don't let them hold their own mic. Likely they'll get nervous, they'll start fidgeting, and then they'll start making weird sounds with the cords. And then lastly, practice. Richard kind of already talked about it. Work on enunciating and avoid, avoiding those plosives and heavy breathing. So don't feel bad about practicing. Now, when it comes to editing, that is a whole learning curve in itself, but we have some recommendations as far as editing software. So editing the software, you're, these are called digital audio workplaces. And these are things like GarageBand, Audacity, Adobe Audition, Pro Tools, Hindenburg. Two of those are free audio editing platforms, Audacity and GarageBand. Those are completely free. It's not going to have the, the, the punch that the other ones do. There are going to be things that Audition and Hindenburg can do that those programs cannot. But, but they are perfectly acceptable and workable, and not very hard to learn editing programs. So some solutions for doing remote interviews, because that's the great thing about podcasting, is you can interview someone around the world. So we, I've created a list of, of options that I've seen throughout various networking groups uh, online. Some of these are made specifically for podcasting. You know, you can always go back to Zoom. But there is such a thing as like Zoom fatigue. People don't like listening to it all the time. We like to use Riverside.fm. It's, it's a monthly subscription and pricing can vary based on how often you're going to be using it. But it's made specifically for podcasters. Especially and, remote podcasters. Yeah. And the technology is, is cool too. Do you want to explain that? Oh, it's fantastic. The other reason we chose Riverside is when we're arranging the guest, they literally have one link it opens in the browser, they type in their name, they tell it whether or not they're using headphones, and it's that simple. So they don't have to be super tech savvy. And they also have, they also have programs available that you can actually do on your phone as well. Riverside FM is a, is, a, is a platform that actually records locally and uploads to the cloud. So you're getting actual local audio from the person that you're remote podcasting with, which means you're going to get clean audio yeah. as well as clean video too. And that's the best thing about it. That's why we use it. It's not going to be, I mean, the other, the other selections that we have there, as, such, as, uh, such as Zoom. Squadcast. Squadcast. Zencaster and Cast. Those are a couple other ones that are made specifically for podcasters. And then there's just other options for video conferencing that you can purpose for podcasting. Oh, yeah, they have an app. Now we're going to get more into how, how you can get your marketing team involved, basically your podcast crew. I like this slide because it's a way to have that conversation about setting expectations with maybe you're deciding to do a podcast with your friend and you don't want to just show up and wing it, right? So you need your friend to come with notes so you can talk about their roles. There's the producer that's going to be the individual who is doing like the prep work the researching questions maybe writing some of the narration um, and arranging those guests the editor and sound designer that is going to be someone who guides the overall focus of the show your sound designer is the one that's doing the editing with the the, the DAWs the, the editing software and then the host that's the voice of the show otherwise known as the talent now in most cases that you're wearing all those hats. And so that's a lot of work. 
And they, they, they have to take that in consideration when you're first trying to determine whether you want to make a podcast or not. Here's where we get into the fun, more creative part, but outside of some of that tech stuff. Developing your ideas. So the very first thing we want you to do is write out a mission statement for your show. What goals are you trying to accomplish? Just two to three sentences, something nice and easy that will help guide you as to what you're trying to accomplish and achieve with all your other digital marketing efforts. Then the next thing you're going to ask yourself is, do you have an episode or do you have a show? It's perfectly okay to have just an episode. You can put that out there on a, on a landing page on your website, and it's a great resource. Or you can continue on with uh, frequency of, of episodes. And then what type of show are you going to do? These are some of the most common podcast formats. They're scripted. It's like a radio drama. I linked to an example called Homecoming, which has also gone on to be a show on Amazon. And then there's narrative. That's like a documentary style. You have narration. You have soundbite. Um, one of the, the things I learned in news is you want objective copy, subjective sound. So you want to pull the emotion out of your interviews. Magazine style, that's that interview format. I've linked to Mark Maron's WTF podcast. It's won awards for his interview uh, style. My favorite podcast. <laughs> it's also one of our favorites. <laughs> and then Q&A panel, it's kind of like what we're doing here. And lastly, solo storytelling. So if you're a thought leadership or meditation, those are some examples there. Planning. Here's where we get to more questions you have to ask yourself. Number one, frequency. That's how often you're going to release episodes. Are you thinking daily, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? A lot of people feel really ambition to get started, but we recommend people start bi-weekly just to ramp up and get a better idea of, of what you're trying to do. Or even monthly. Yeah. Um, because I think I, I think the uh, the the problem that a lot of people don't expect is the is the research go, that goes into each podcast. So I think that's something you really need to take in consideration as to how whether you want to go biweekly, whether whether you want to go monthly, because there's a lot of work involved into producing that episode, and then that way you'll be able to gauge exactly how much time you put into it, how much time you have, and whether you're going to be able to put that into your into, into your regular schedule. Do you suggest recording like three or four episodes? Absolutely. That's the one thing that I wanted to, uh, one thing I tell people, at anyone who comes in and talks to us about, about producing a podcast, my one of my first suggestions is if you're going to do this, we want to make sure that you get at least you know, five, six episodes in the can that gives you plenty of cushion. Life happens, right? <laughs> Next span, number of episodes. So we like to think in terms of seasons. So if you plan for five episodes a season, that gives you a break that you can work in to come back with like your next theme or topic. Length of your podcast episode. This is another frequent question. And it, the answer is every marketer's favorite answer. It, it depends. depends. We practiced that. No, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew you'd say it. <laughs> okay. But it's content driven. So thought leadership, maybe keep it shorter, like uh, inspirational or motivational. Keep it shorter because you're thinking of people on the go that need that soundbite in their head as they go about their day. More intensive, like informational. I would go an hour, you know, it really just depends on what your content is. We produce podcasts anywhere from five minutes to two hours. Mm -hmm. And then you have those who, who want to produce Three-hour podcast, four-hour podcast. Is that? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you recommend staying consistent for one podcast, so like not doing 15 minutes on one episode and 60 on another episode, or keeping them like all 30 minutes? That depends on the nature of your podcast. 
It depends. Say, <laughs> <laughs> for instance, if you're doing an interview type of interview type of podcast, if the information that you're getting from that from the person you're interviewing requires an hour, take an hour. If it only requires thirty minutes, do only thirty minutes. It really doesn't matter as long as the format doesn't change. Schedule. So this is where I want you to think about when you're going to be recording and when you're going to get the edit turned around in time to release your episode, and then. Launch date. Oh yeah. Okay. So launch date. You want to, we all love deadlines, right? Yeah. (laughs) They pass us by, but that's your deadline, your launch date. And you want to time back from your launch date as to when you do a lot of these other technical steps. So just planning out that uh, process and then the writing. So every new podcast episode will need an episode title. You'll need an episode description. And then if you want to go extra show notes, a blog and other accompanying things. But like I said, the, the answers to all these questions in your planning process, what uh, should be content-driven. What story are you trying to tell? What's the beginning, middle, and end? What is it not about? Uh, who will you be talking to? What questions will you ask? How will you keep the listener engaged? That's where you maybe want to think about music or sound effects. And then what will listeners remember from your podcast? Now, your launch checklist, these are the other things to add on there. A name for your show. Make sure you look it up, Google it, and look it up in the Apple Podcasts app and Spotify to make sure it's not already in use. You need cover art. Every podcast needs cover art. So there's minimum dimensions and maximum dimensions. That's kind of the most I've seen people get hooked up on. They make their cover art too small. It's just a matter of re-uploading it, and it it works out. Canva is a great source for creating cover art. And then music... Seek uh, copyright-free music libraries. We subscribe to a, a library called Digital Juice. It's where we get a lot of music options. Prepping your guests. Okay, so here's where um, you want to talk guest release forms. You want to make sure you have questions arranged and uh, the bio for your guest, and then coordinating that remote interview. We do recommend you use a guest release form of some kind because you want to make your guest aware of what they're going to be talking about and what they want to say. We've seen some people get uncomfortable with something they said and they come back later and they can't ask for their episode to be taken down. And if you have that conversation ahead of time, you can hopefully prevent that from happening. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you just, would you set up, if you only have, we're going to be probably on a budget, mm-hmm. <laughs> on like what we could afford to bring in. So sure. if we're, say we're operating off of our laptop or my cell phone with like a mic, mm-hmm. um, do you get two mics? Um, if they're in the same space, will one pick up both sound? If mm-hmm. they're talking back and forth to one another about, like, The optimal recording a setup would be two separate mics so that you get them on two separate tracks okay. because when you're in editing you're going to get uh, if you have two separate tracks you're going to get so we're, what do you leave that to well when you're in editing you can take out like coughs and things oh that's really okay so they're not all captured on one mic bleed or something like or the, uh, that yeah <laughs> mic bleed is when our mics are too close and you're going to get one mine's catching up his audio and that's going to and that's going to come out in the final recording if you're recording on separate tracks there's 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 another thing when you do that so in some recording devices it'll record either on one single track or it's re- going to record each source on separate tracks and so 
it's uh, it's it, in the editing process. It's not. It's it's probably easier to 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 uh, to record just on a single track, but there is there are issues with that as well. But it, that that's something we can get into at at, at, at another point. But here's the thing: you use what you got, you know, and you make it work. So if you don't get it two separate tracks or two separate mics, you can still make it work. There's really no need to make podcast production complicated because in, in essence, it's very simple. I mean, you record it, you edit it, you edit out the stuff that you don't want, you put it together, you release it. It's not that hard if you yeah. really think about it. We don't want you to stress about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this slide here is an exact copy of what I send to people who I help arrange for guests. Um, guess what the success rate is on getting people to wear headphones? <laughs> Uh, like 5%. <laughs> but it's so important. 3. It makes 8. such a difference. Um, so that's that's that rule. Wear your headphones at the minimum earbuds. But if you have something else, that's great. I tell people to locate that quiet place, preferably not a kitchen where your teenager will come in and make a snack during recording, which has happened. I think it's funny that you <laughs> Um, put a sign on the door to let others know that you're recording. Also, tune, turn on Do Not Disturb on whatever device you're using. Uh, keep a drink handy. Uh, and uh, try to avoid drinking mid-sentence. Preferably non-carbonated. <laughs> yeah, you'll get burpy. <laughs> and if you're doing a video conferencing uh, setup, avoid moving around too much. This is just to help with your Wi-Fi situation because when you move around, you create pixels. When you create pixels, you create data. When you take up data, you get low bandwidth. And then close all the applications on whatever device you're using to help with the recording. Now, here's more, here, now we're back into more technical stuff. So now we won't need a place for our podcast to live on the internet, and that's called hosting. And there's a lot of hosting services out there. And then once you choose a hosting service, you get what's called an RSS feed, and you're going to submit that to the places where people listen, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the various other ones. So your hosting is your little home for your podcast files, and you get a link that distributes it to all these other ways people can listen. Now, the various hosting services, the you'll decide this based on your budget. There's free ones and there's paid ones. The free ones, uh, we've been using Anchor a lot lately. Now, industry professionals are like, but it's it's owned by Spotify. And yes, it's owned by Spotify. It even has a built-in tool that you can use to record and make your show with. So there's a lot of features for like the indie podcaster that's doing it as a hobby, but it's it can be used for your professional purposes as well. Um, SoundCloud has a free level. I think it limits it to five tracks and three hours, something like that. Uh, which can be useful if you're doing like uh, a one thought leadership piece, you know, for a campaign. And then there's uh, a couple other free options. I'm not real familiar with Red Circle or Launchpad. Libsyn, Podbean, and Blueberry are some of the top paid options. And they have various benefits as well. Uh, people, how to decide, it's audio storage, the analytics you get from them. Uh, Libsyn, Podbean, and Blueberry, I believe, are all IAB certified. And so if you're going out to try and sell sponsorships, big, bigger sponsors will want to know those analytics or your, like your media kit. Uh, extra, some of them will give you a website and then budget, of course, depending on, on their pricing. Did I miss anything? No, you did not. Yeah, okay. Um, so the, the places people listen are called podcatchers. 
And that's going to be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and this whole list. And there's more out there. The thing that I want to make sure you know is it can take time once you submit your RSS to get validated. So that's why I I recommend you uh, pick your launch date and then back time from there. Like submit, you say a week early. I like to say a week early. Yeah. I know it usually takes maybe about three or four days. Yeah. But just for that cushion, I would say submit all that stuff a week prior to your launch date. Yeah. And you can submit with your first episode, like a soft launch, or you can make a little trailer just as long as you have something there on your hosting site. What I like to do with um, folks that I help launch a podcast is I'll submit their RSS feed to these top four, and then I wait for listener feedback to determine if I need to be on these other ones. Because sometimes a friend will be like, but I listen on this other really cool app, and so you got to go put them there. So what's your measure of success? Obviously, we kind of talked about that, like your download numbers are one metric, right? But I think it's more than that when it comes to measuring the success of your podcast? Are you building an audience? Are you reaching new audiences? Are and you getting pleasure out of it? That's the Do you question. enjoy doing it? That's the question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you enjoy doing it? But I have linked here to the IAB podcast measurement guidelines and then public radio as well. They're both very jargon heavy, and so I don't like to read them. <laughs> <laughs> and then in this presentation, I linked to some other re- of my favorite resources. Transom.org is a great place for learning more workflows and best practices. Air Media is an organization for indie podcasters. The NPR for Students has a great glossary of terms. Google Podcast Creators uh, has a series of videos that'll just reinforce a lot of what we went over here. And then join some Facebook groups. A lot of people ask questions or share their best practices. And then this is a podcast launch worksheet that kind of just reviews everything we did here, writing your mission statement, asking yourself all these questions, and then planning out your first few episodes. And um, in the if you go seek this out, I've linked to some resources when it comes to some, some podcasting issues. So like, what more do you need to know about copyright and fair use? Um, your guest release form, there's a template in that link. And then if you're seeking out sponsorships, um, the, basically, the takeaway there is be transparent to your audience. And now we have time for questions. And then there's the QR code. If you scan this, you can go um, click on this Canva presentation. But yeah, we want to answer any other questions or hear your podcast ideas or we just chat too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So say we choose Anchor. Anchor will give you a, um, a place for your podcast to live. But it, as a marketer, I want to drive people to my website, right? So what I do is I get people on Anchor and then I go to Apple Podcasts and I steal the little player um, that Apple Podcasts will give you and embed it into a landing page on my website. And that is so like um, onbrand.com slash podcast. That's the link I would share on social media. That's the link I would put on print material. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Is that helpful? Does that kind of answer what you're thinking? So, some of it, but I'm also thinking about, so you show metrics and I understand why you would want to have a branded link, almost like a bit link, but it's branded. Uh-huh. So you can see where people are coming from. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, and that's the thing. They're all pretty, do this, accomplish the same thing. At different prices. A lot of people like Libsyn because you can have multiple managers, like logins, um, and then that that certified analytics. So a lot of people are really trying to monetize their podcasts. Uh, it takes a lot of audience building. But once they, so they get to that point, they have that IAB certified analytics that they can put on their pitch deck, you know. Yeah, so once you have it in your, up, you upload your podcast to your hosting site, say it's Libsyn, and then you have that RSS link, and wherever you submitted that RSS link is where your podcast will automatically show up. So you don't have to go every time. So you can wipe your distribution channel. Yeah. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, it's, the key is that RSS link and where you put it, basically. Yeah. Like the, these guys. And we get this deck. Yeah, yep, that, um, uh, let's see. I can email it to you guys, too. You could put it on. But it's it's a, a link on that page there. It's webarize.com slash onbrand. I have a question. Yeah. I've, I've listened to a few podcasts that uh, doesn't have a direct sponsor, but mm-hmm. they won't have an ad inserted that they've you know, worked with a third party, and it's not specific to their audience or something that I might necessarily be drawn to as that listener. In your experience, do you find that having sponsorships that are directly working with your podcast are more successful than having some random buy that's so we work with a lot of indie podcasters, so they're trying to do the the individual sponsorship, not the dynamic insertion. But some of these hosting sites have a marketplace, and so you just turn on that feature and you get the insertion, and they can get money that way. So we, we leave it up to our podcasters whether or not to turn that on or not. But um, in most cases, a lot of our podcasters, like, like, like she said, they're independent. So they're out searching for, you know, sponsors, you know, sponsors that, yeah, they, that they want to yeah. be associated with. Like we had a medical one, and they got a sponsor from one of their tech uh, producers. So it, it's also like relationship building. Right. You know. Good question. Just another way to build brand. Yeah. Uh-huh. I do have another question. Sorry. I'm full of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you typically recommend That's not really for us to decide. 
it all depends on the individual. If they feel that they're ready, then they're going to do a podcast. I don't think that uh, I'm not in the business of telling people whether they're ready or not. I don't think, um, I, I, I really do think it all depends on the individual. If they're comfortable, if they're ready, we can encourage them. We can say, hey, we like the concept of your podcast. Um, there's a lot of growth in it. Or there could be a lot of growth in it. There's potential growth in it. But I don't, I'm not going to not encourage them to do a podcast if they really want to do one. Oh, more than that. Absolutely. The main thing I, I think of in this context is how are you going to use your podcast? Number one, you can do the thought leadership, get showcase your employees, showcase your CEOs and stuff like that. And then you have it on your website. And like for one of our early podcasters, their, their number one episode two years ago, their first episode released was their back, their origin story. And that's been their top listen to episode even now two years later. So it's very useful, especially for uh, nonprofit and fundraising as well. Um, people can get that, that how you got started sort of thing super easy. But the other thing I'm thinking about is what are your goals? Because you can use your pod, you can make your podcast and then you can snip it up and put it out on social media as content. Like you make an hour long po podcast, you have at least four posts for a month's worth of from one thing, you know, and then the true marketer in me is like, well, how can we incorporate video? Um, there's a tool called Headliner. And you just pop your audio file in there and it'll make a graphic, a motion graphic, and then you can add text and all this stuff. And now you have a little short form video that you can do on your different platforms. You know, so there's a lot of ways you can repurpose podcasting to meet those other goals that you're trying to accomplish, you know. You can use Premiere Pro, you just export audio only. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's easier to use Audition. Yeah. But do you have, do you have Premiere? I do have Premiere. Okay. And I've made like small interviews, like we uh, grant out to nonprofits. Sure. And so on my role is, is working with nonprofits and visiting with them about what they're doing. And so then they'll send photos to me of like some of the impact. So then I'll kind of have that, have that voice over, but then I'll throw like pictures on Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just curious if that's an okay platform to use. No, absolutely. No, no, it's absolutely okay. Yeah. You can, you can, you can completely use a uh, premiere for that, for that purpose as well. Okay. It just adds a video, uh, a video aspect to it. That's it. Okay. I mean, there really isn't that much of a difference in the, while editing. You like audition because there's some extra filters and, and improvement uh, functionality. Yeah. And how, I guess, how long do you think it takes to 
And so if you record this podcast, what would you say, like, I'm looking at as far as editing, if I'm planning ahead, like, mm-hmm. trying to do this, do right? No, it all depends on your proficiency. We tell people a minimum of two hours to edit for every hour of raw. And that's a simple edit, like taking out ums and ahs and stuff like that. Yeah, good question. Who's going to make a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Exarvin Creative has one already. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, so originally, Exarvin Creative started as a film production company. Um, it's since changed to like creative and design agency of all sorts. Um, but one of the original programs was Riverside Chat, mm-hmm. which is now on the local NPR station. Right, yeah. Um, so we're no longer the producers of that, but we do the branding. Okay. Um, but we also have Arts and Craft, which is, uh, we talk about craft beer and discuss the art. Nice. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like, don't ever let anyone shame you for whatever you choose to get done. What you need to get done, you know. So, if it works, use it. Right. Right. Yeah. I hope you had fun. Hope you get something out of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>